So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where and when you are join, um, joining us and watching this. If this is your first time at a session with Elect Her, welcome. And if it is not, welcome back. My name is Abosede Georgogan and I'm a co-founder at Elect Her. We are excited today to be hosting the first edition of When She Leads with support from the National Endowment for Democracy, NED. When She Leads is a virtual talk show and platform that will curate and amplify the voices of formerly and currently elected female politicians. And today we are honored to have as our guest, a truly phenomenal woman. And when I read her bio, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Welcome, Honorable Janet Ademi. It is really good to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I'm uh, so excited to be on your platform too. I'm Thank you so much, man. Activity, and I'm proud that some girls, some young women, are stepping in. Thank you so much, ma. So I'll just dive right in and read a short bio. There's a longer version, but I'll just read a short bio of Honorable Janet Ademi. So Honorable Janet Ademi is the president and founder of Women in Mining, Nigeria and is also founder of Sukkur for Battered Lives, a charity organization fending for victims from avalanche of disasters. She earned a bachelor's degree in geology from Obafemi Awolowo University and a master's in engineering from Loughborough University of Technology. She was elected to the House of Representatives in 1999 representing the people of Ile Oluji Okegbo federal constituency up until 2003. As a lawmaker, Honorable Ademi served as the chairman of the House Committee on Irrigation, Flood and Erosion Control and chairman of the Subcommittee for Solid Minerals and Water Resources. During her, her tenure at the House, she sponsored and co-sponsored 15 bills one, um, some of which include uh, circumcision, circumcision of Women Prohibition Bill, the Bitumen Development Bill, and of course, the Niger Delta Development Commission Bill. Once again, welcome, Honorable Ademi. We are really, really excited to have you here. And I, I, I think it's so interesting that um, you were actually in the assembly from the beginning. And I'm, I really can't wait to hear your story. So I think that the first place to start is, can you share with us a background into your journey and your career uh, as a politician? Well, I don't know, maybe my, uh, my participation in politics then was accidental. Accidental in the sense that if you look at my genealogy, you know, there's no trace of, um, there's no politician around me. And in all sincerity, I don't even know what House of Representatives, what Senate is all about. That was the truth. But what simply happened was that uh, if you look at activities before then, it was like what is happening today, very gloomy environment. Everything was so caustic. I read engineering and uh, I practiced engineering with the love of my life. We have a company and suddenly there was nothing. Nothing was happening because then the corruption was so, was so, was so thick in the air that construction activities were suspended in Nigeria. So absolutely nothing was happening. And you just have to know somebody to know somebody to get somewhere. 
So I don't know, maybe you know, in those days, it's not this era of social media. You hang around vendors because you can't afford to buy all the papers. So you stay there and you start reading and you start discussing and discussing passionately. So it was in one of those discussions that somebody said, the way you discuss with this woman, you know, why don't you get involved in it? And I, even then I didn't take it serious. I started attending some group meetings because all I'm just interested in to ensure that there's change in Nigeria. What can we do so that our voices are heard? So I started, I started attending this group called Atsundushi. But even then it wasn't so serious or too seriously. In the course of it, I met the likes of Jigolufa Lai and, um, one thing led to the other, and uh, I think I, I went somewhere with my husband on an assignment. And before I came back, my senior brother just called me and said, "Oh, they are looking for you all over the place." And the 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 conclusion of it all is that I did not even go to a house on my own merit. The credibility or the integrity that that my movement to national assembly was based on my parents' integrity in the village. You know, the town I came from, everybody just, ah, is it Omadi Kodjum? You know, just let her, you know, that that name opened doors. And then the likes of Chikolufa, like, you know, because my interaction with them, then Chiva Ibrahim Adesanya with time, you know, just consolidated the whole thing. So in those days, it was not based on money. It was not based, it was out of passion, you know, to change what was obtainable then in the environment. The environment, like I told you, was so caustic. There was no room for development. There was no room for movement, you understand? So that was what took me to politics. Thank you very much, Ma. So I think that that's very, very interesting because what I hear you say is that you were just a concerned citizen that wanted to see change. And so even though you're saying that um, people approached you, um, and this was obviously your parents and a few of the people that you've called. Um, and one of the questions we actually had was, do you have a political godfather? Um, but I, what I hear you say is that um, you leveraged a lot on goodwill that came from your parents. Now, will that sort of inform why you didn't, why you, 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 you haven't sort of, um, why you're not, currently a House of Rep member, or after that time, what happened? You know, it'd be good to know the journey because I hear you saying, you know, you just got involved, but I don't agree. I still believe that that passion just gave you a platform and you did the work, 15 bills. So we want to hear a lot more. Um, that can just be the story. You see, Bosse, uh, yes, uh, I told you, I said, my parents know nothing about politics. So my parents did not influence my goal so i wanted to correct that please okay. but what simply happened was that the moment i stepped into it i came from a, a background where we all sit down to reason together mm. and so my husband my father called my husband and then thank god my husband is listening to this interview i'm sure he will, he will be smiling my my father called my husband and said are you interested in your wife going into this thing because this thing is dirty you know, mm. this is what they do. They tell lies. They do this. And my father told me all manner of stories, which I will want to state here. And my, you know, one thing my father said is that, you know, if you are even made a commissioner or anything, for, for example, you are an engineer, if you have made a commissioner for works, if anybody dies on the high road, you know, the blood is in your hands, you know, because you have diverted the money to something else. So my father gave me all manner of stories that should even make me, that made me shiver and made me know that the thing to do is all about service. 
And so the moment mm. my husband said, see, I'm in total support, then do you know you have to relocate? Are you willing to do that with your wife and everything? My, my husband said, yes, 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 God, all true. And then remember, it wasn't interesting. There's nothing interesting about what, how much was the salary? The salary was 120. I was coming from an engineering background where I was already earning more than that before I went to national service. So, but the thing is that it was all about service. That we just have to change this thing. We just have to push these military people away. We just have to do this. We just have to do that. That was the most important thing. But having got into National Assembly, I'm the kind of a person that I hate to see people being cheated. That is one thing about me. And I, have, I hate to see things not being resolved around me. So when I got to National Assembly, even though I was even from AD, I made sure I networked, you understand, with people that I think are serious-minded. And I have quite a number of my favorites in National Assembly till today, Musa, Elayo, Jerry, Honorable Ibukwe, and all that. So we were more or less from the kick. And the most important thing on our mind, I never knew the road to any ministry. I never had any cause to interface with anybody. All you were just interested in, what is the problem here? How do you solve it? What is the problem there? How do you solve it? And that was the uppermost thing. In the, that, that, those are the uppermost things in our mind. So, but naturally, I remember Honorable Laoshi. So we are people without godfathers. And my story, I tell you, the stories of so many others are just like mm. that. You know, we just came and then, you know, maybe people, most, maybe the godfathers then have not been well developed. They are not yet well established. Yes. You understand? So, and then maybe they were so scared that maybe it won't work. So that gave us opportunity, people who are really concerned to come on board. To come in. And so when we came in, all we were just after was to get results. I'll tell you one statement on a revolution shape we made on the floor of the house, which I supported when we were really challenging uh, General uh, President Obasanjo on quite a number of things. He said, I have the misfortune of, co of coming from the same constituency with him. Do you think anybody can stand up and say such a thing in this era? No, because no. he was so bold. Because he knew he wasn't tied to his strings, and that is the way we operated. You understand? So a few had godfathers, right? But majority had none. We were just committed, we were working. And that is why till even after my exit from National Assembly, Chief Bode Judge will equally be hearing today because I'm mentioning names. We were in AD and he invited us and held a meeting with us that we should decamp to PDP. If we decamp to PDP, we will get automatic ticket for a second term, which we know is possible. But we, some those of us from AD, especially on those state caucus, and even almost AD members, refused, except one or two of us. You understand? And those people were given tickets. But I didn't regret, I didn't, I, no, there was no regret about it. I left AD for other reasons at the end of the day. But I wasn't lured into leaving my party because I want to be compensated with another political party. Because in the first instance, my parents will not even hear of it. And because my father will tell you that, oh, people gave you mandates on behalf of AD. So you can't change that mandate because that mandate is not yours. You were given, it was reposed on you, you understand? So you just can't change it. So and those are the things. So, so that's the kind, those are the kind of foundation. And so naturally after that, I, I, made, I made attempts to go again. But like I told you, I don't have Godfather. I know, but I, I can't be tied to anybody's strings because I want to be able to. If I'm National Assembly, should be a place where you have your own voice. Yes. You could see most of the bills that are being turned down today. They are being turned down because the voices of the members are not their voices. 
Yes, their bodies are there, but their vo the voices are held down somewhere else. So you need to take permission. You need to discuss with your uh, with your sponsor or with your godfather because before you make any pronouncement or declaration, and that is not democracy. So it's been difficult for some of us, and even this last attempt to understand again, you find out that. In the, uh, uh, I've never seen a fraud as that, where we decided to, where APC, APC decided to run. And in running, you understand, uh, we were told that uh, after we've paid, we've done everything, we were being told that, oh, no, we cannot take up such appointments. Uh, we cannot even uh, participate because they are automatic uh, tickets for people who are seated, who are there. You know, the rules were not defined before we went yes. into the game. So, but, you know, think, things like this will only happen because you don't have a godfather, because you don't have somebody speaking for you. And honestly, there, there's no regret about it. Any day, any time, one is willing to serve Nigeria or serve yes. Nigeria with passion, with mm. truth, where results, you understand? Yes, For that service, you understand? Yes. So, so, Ma, what would you say that has changed. And I hear that you're already sort of pointing to it. But what changed in the political system and the political landscape? I mean, we haven't even started honing in on you being a female politician. We're still talking about, you know, what are the barriers and what is the current resistance for women getting into politics in comparison with when you did? You want to limit it strictly. I, I, you want to limit it strictly to the issues of women. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Please feel free to talk about it generally, and then we can go into women specifically. The barriers, the barriers are numerous. Number one, the electorates are not educated. The voters, the voters are not educated. They don't understand or imagine or know the depth of the power of their tongue. The thumb is so powerful. And when you talk about equality, the terms are equal when it comes mm. to them. But people seem not to know. They undermine the power of their thumb. And so that is why it is so easy for anybody to sell that thumb for 500 Naira. I've seen people being given 500 Naira just to go and vote. That is why it is easy for you to exchange that thumb for a bag of rice because they don't know the power. So the electorates are not educated. That is one. Then the other issues are that the system itself, systemic corruption is a major thing. Because if we've seen cases of INEC officials being persecuted, prosecuted, you understand? Why should an INEC official, who is supposed to be an umpire to an election, you understand, be involved? Why should police officers be involved? You understand? You find people clothed, and now even people get clothed in military uniform or so any of these para, uh, paramilitary uniform or police or whatever, just to be able to manipulate election. That is one. Then, so, so when, by the time you pick the systemic corruption, you find that, that structure, structurally, look at the entire structure, you find that at every stop, the whole place is laced with corruption. So who do you report to? The issue of violence. Mm. You understand? You find out that very decent people, we hardly want to come out for election. Because why should I go out and be smoked up? 
how many people has been prosecuted for the for the deaths recorded during corruption uh, during election election during period none because the whole thing is covered up. so nobody has been made scapegoat so you find out that uh, talks in this country have been re- have been seriously rewarded all you just have to do is that that's a dangerous area to go into so i won't mention names but all you have to do is that identify the major talks the parents in each city of nigeria you find out that today they are billionaires where did they make the money from? understand they didn't go to school you understand some of them are dropouts but because they are talks you understand and they are serviceable so they are relevant so that's another problem then you again you find out that people themselves no longer trust the issue of trust is no longer there so people why should i vote why should i even bother is there a thing you only have to listen to nigerians only that's people is there a thing lend them money they are like this politician so the people are disenchanted people are not interested so all those things have cumulative effect you understand of producing the kind of people their money we are so much monetized our system mm. that even decent people are too intimidated to come out it's too expensive our democracy is too expensive and then you know even american democracy that we are copying you find uh, a candidate receiving donations of two naira five dollar here ten dollar there people contributing but in our own system not until you have won your primaries or you are even winning you hardly find anybody even giving in fact at times all through you don't even get anything so you have to steal so much money to be able to run any election we were trying to do a mental calculation the other time after some state elections you find out that before you can become a governor of any state now you must have a minimum of about five billion naira in your kitty so it has become an investment before you can do before you can think of going out for senatorial election make sure you have about 2 billion and when you want to go for the house of reps make sure you have about 1 billion that is what it has become so because now it's a question of cash and carry and that is why you find new fights who are never in the political landscape who knew nothing about politics who just come in you know and they just take it some of them don't even come up with billboards or anything any longer some of them don't even advertise you know you just go settle the chairman of party parties give them whatever they want build houses for them give them this give them that you get the ticket from the primary and once you get the ticket from the primary that chieftaincy title do one thing or the other and in your country in this in this constituency you intend to rule before you know it you are you are there so that is another major problem so these are barriers you can go on and on and talk about yes. several of these things but these are critical things that are gradually destroying our political uh, development in the country and if we are not careful it might abort or terminate our democracy thank you so much i mean i appreciate how just in a short time you were able to really summarize some of the issues that are still there today you know because as you're talking i'm sure that you started to see it many years ago what is still the experience today you know whether this is um like you said electoral violence whether this is like you said um how expensive 
You know, I like how you said it, we've monetized our democracy. And what a shame that literally you can put an amount on it. And when you're able to get that amount, then you can go out and say you want to run. And it's no longer about service as you spoke about. Let me take you back to your time as an elected um, official in the House of Representatives. 15 bills. <laughs> How did you do that, right? Because I know you already started to say that, look, even the people in the house now, it's not their voice. But I don't even think if it was their voice, people are even as concerned about, you know, enacting such laws or, or, or legislation that would actually help. So can you share with us, you know, what, what was that about and how did you go about that journey of lobbying and, you know, advocating for those bills to be passed? Number number one, I did not, you know, I did not even give you my CV. I didn't give you anything. So I'm surprised that uh, you have these facts. But however, uh, I want to tell you that some of the things that are born out of Remember, I before I went into politics, I've been out of university for a while. This year will be 40 years after my first degree. So that tells you that I have worked for a while. I have experience. Yes. I understand. I've seen and I know some areas, you understand, that I think needs attention. And if you look at most of the bills I passed, they are around technical issues in my sector. You understand? That's, that was my comfort, my comfort zone. The only one that was in my comfort zone was because I've read so much about it. You understand that why should you restrict a woman from having sexual fulfillment that her parents, you know, in those days, you know, circumcised children and do all manner of things. So I was determined. In fact, that was the very first bill. And today, again, I pay my uh, utmost respects to my colleague. That's Beni Saraki, Binta Garba, Amana said for the wonderful road they all played and made sure we passed that bill in National Assembly because it was a tough time, you understand? But our men at the end of the day had to support us because we came up with all manner of funny strategies talking about sex, uh, sex uh, staff that wrote their wives that their wives should not should deny them of sexual things. You know, all manner of terrible things that people were saying, you, this, you, this women are plotting. Time, you know, but it was fun. But coming back to the issue, like the issue of bitumen, as an undergraduate, I worked with Ifocus, uh, my, my lecturers, Professor Adeboki, Professor Aku, and all that. So I knew about the bitumen and I knew the potential of bitumen development in the country. So I was eager. And then as a, as a member of House of Representatives, I was mindful of my primary constituency. I have two major primary constituencies. That's the geological family and the engineering family. So, and I'm the type that there's no mentor or leader or teacher that impacted my life one way or the other that I walked away from till today. So I'm always relating with them. And so in the course of discussion, at times advice comes from them. Femi, you know, if we were able to do this, it will improve this. And so in doing that, there was a wonderful, I don't know, maybe he's still in National Assembly today, was still, it was a young officer then, but very brilliant in the, the drafting unit, uh, Barista Adem. So Barista Adem, I just made him my friend, literally. So I just sit down before him and say, Barista, why don't you say, okay, is that, is that, you know, because they are there to draft for us. Yours is just yes. to suggest. Mm -hmm. So I just suggest to him, why don't we do this? He said, okay. 
And so he was never tired of me. And then, you know, I told you that we have a, a gang. So those gang, I just go to them. And just like they, and if you look at those movies, they too came up with quite a number of bills. In fact, I'll tell you one of the interesting bills that never went, that didn't go through that time was the issue of domicilization. Because I've always been bothered then. I said, what, what, why do we keep on talking about states? If that bill has passed through the house, then Nigeria would not be where we are today. Because again, I came up with that bit talking about domicilization. Why do we should be talking about where do you domicile? Not where we're not state of origin. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. that did not go through. Another bill of mine that didn't go through was regulation of engineering practice. And again, that one did not go through because every 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 everybody in Nigeria, every politician in Nigeria is is is, is an engineering contractor. Company. But I was talking of professionalism then. That when if you're an architect, you stay in your in your confines. If you're, you're an engineer, you stay in your confines. But those are bills that did not go through. But we thank God for the ones that went through. So yes. the question of, like I said, commitment, interest. And I'll tell mm. you that I was so I was so confident with the things I did. You know, because again, you don't look for man to praise you or to acknowledge what you have done or history you told. If you go to National Assembly Library today, when I was leaving National Assembly, because my husband, my father was a top civil servant, insisted that make sure like you do a handing over. Everything I did, every bill I touched, every activity of mine, I documented it and I have a copy till today. You understand of the bills, of my activity, of the correspondences, everything I did in National Assembly, I documented I, like a handing over to whoever succeeds. But, you know, that's, that's a personal thing. That's an individual thing you believe in, not necessarily everybody believing in it. I believe that yes. those are procedural methods that can help sub- subsequent person coming in to know where yes. the previous person stopped, and so uh, uh, he or she can start running, you know, from that uh, from that level. So I I I was committed to working, to serving, and I did it with my whole heart. I never opened an office of my own personal office until I left the National Assembly. When it dawned on me that I wasn't coming back, was when I took an office, you know, to start running my practice all over. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, So one of the things I think will be very interesting for you to share, and the reason why is um, today, um, I know it's Senator Olujimi that is championing the Gender and Equal Opportunities Bill, for example, um, at the Senate now. you talked a little bit about the tricks that were used to pass, you know, a bill on circumcision. I can't imagine it in, you know, way back then, the opposition and the criticism that you would have come up against. Can you share with us just some of the practical steps? Because I feel like for some of us who really believe that there should be a gender quota, for example, we should be pushing for a gender quota, but those bills are thrown out at first or second reading today, whether it's at the House or at the Senate. So what are some of the things that we can do to push for these bills that we know will improve the lives of young girls, of women, and of all of us? You know, the truth of it, my sister, is that uh, democracy, the word democracy, means collective effort. It should not be seen as an individual effort, oh, I want to shine. The moment you take that route, 
you miss it completely. Like when I, for all these activities when we are doing them, you rally, you, you interface, you understand, with the constituency where whatever you want to do is domiciled. Like I trust Senator Luigi Mina for this bill she's trying to push. She should, she, I'm sure she will network with all the gender-based organizations so that it will no longer be her thing. It will be the Nigerian women thing. Like uh, late Professor Mrs. Jadisola Akonde, Dr. Mrs. Kezi Awushika, these are frontliners in all my activities. You understand? Anything I want mm. to do, uh, was this uh, uh, rapper, ra uh, Sada, Sada, uh, uh, my sister and rapper, anyway, you know? These are uh, women I interface with every minute, every yes. second. Because if you need to do anything, you need to get in touch with them, such that they provide the statistics, they provide the information, Yes. Then, like the when we are talking about the cyber female circumcision bill, we made sure I made sure I reached out to my female colleague, especially when the men will not even understand, because the men don't even know what are they talking about. Circumcision is a cultural thing. Why do you need to stop it? So I remember one of us, you understand, went to the extent of saying, "See, that thing is like when you are playing jitter." You understand? So why should you not allow the person to enjoy, enjoy the guitar game? And everybody posted into laughter. And when we thought we were not getting that true, Bemi stood up and said, oh, you know, because you have to be bold again as a, as a politician when, when, the, when you get to that, so the, uh, uh, you, when you get to that level. Bemi stood up and said, okay, you people, you will not even have sex with your wife any longer. You know, we make sure, and we, to, to, one way or the other, we reach out to the men. You must identify like in parliament, you need to identify those people who are very, very vocal. You need to do your, uh, you need to do your background uh, lobby to be able to reach out to them, educate them, get them to your side. For example, for this uh, in national assembly by now, we have started what we call the he for she group. Then you understand whom we reach out to. Senator David Mark was. One, we are singing of Beha and all of those people. We reach out to them. You understand? Oh, God, please, we want to do so, 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 and so. Nate Okadibo was another fantastic man. I remember when we were passing, when we wanted to pass a Fermat bill, and I was insisting that that you cannot say oh, you want a bill, should, a, a board should be 15 member bill. No, I would say clause of a minimum of so, 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 and so. And they said, no, now they, I said, no, let's put that close. It was the one, his, his intervention resolved that. So you need men like that. You need to get their voices. So once you're able to get their buy-in into whatever you are doing, it goes a long way. And at times the buy-in goes beyond even parliament. In these days of Godfatherism, you do your homework now to know who controls that person. Subtly, you reach out to that person to see, especially for very important bills, because like the gender equality bill is a very important bill which every woman should stand up for. In our own little corner, we are working on the gender equality bill, you understand, to make sure that this bill goes through the National Assembly. So, so I believe that the, there's no one, there's no hard and fast rule, but the issue of networking is very important. Just what we are doing today is networking. You did not, uh, when, the moment I saw a lecture, 
I said, what is the letter about? I sent, that's months ago or something. I think I commended you people and anything, you know, it's not, it's not about you any longer because remember the life is just a pipeline. You understand? It's just a pipeline. Today, you, you understand? By the time you exit, who comes, who, who takes over? We are talking mm. of the solar economy. She's long dead. Mamala, Mama, don't go yaro, Laila, don't go yaro. Those are fantastic women who put their all into building younger Nigerian women. You understand? Sister Josephine Anini, you understand? Those are great women who poured their hearts, you understand, into ensuring that women get there. Senator Florence Itagiwa. You know, so the most important, so looking back now and seeing that, oh, some younger women are taking up, it's an exciting thing. So, and likewise, so when you are networking, you should always have that in mind. So it's, it's yes. not about, oh, me, me, me. I want my name to be heard. I want my name to be this. You go nowhere with such principle. Mm. You go nowhere with such philosophy. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Ma. You're giving us so many gems. Um, and I just want to encourage everyone who's with us, please start to put your questions and uh, in the Q&A or in the chat section. Um, we're not going to call on anyone, but I'm very happy to take your questions and to ask Honorable. And I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Honorable, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Okay, I am. Ma. Yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. Great. So I'm a young woman now, um, or a woman aspiring to run for elective office. Honorable, mm -hmm. what will you tell me? What should I do? What steps should I take? What should my journey be? A young woman who wants to run for elective office, number one, should first of all, ask herself and be sincere with herself. What do I want from this? Uh, why, why do I want to run? If you're able to answer the question sincerely, that is getting your vision and your mission right, are halfway through the journey because most people are attracted not because of the service but because of the uh, pecuniary benefits and which is a very wrong uh, notion it's a very mm. wrong intention to mm. be that and so because of that you'll find quite a number of young women doing all manner of ugly things. Mm -hmm. And the men are ready to play the game with them. You know, some of us are in the system and we see what happens. And unfortunately, the same men, you understand, boast about their conquest. You understand, oh, you know that one, don't mind her. So the more you want to try and get into the system, thinking you by selling your body or moving around or compromising all manner of things, in fact, you move away from it because even when you get it, you don't last in that corridor. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is for you to be determined. Then build up yourself. You know, network with senior people, you understand, who have been there before so that especially in your own constituency, not fight them. The women in your own constituency will be very helpful. And then I always tell people when it comes to all these things, whether it's in anything, I'm a feminist, but I believe in men so much. And men as allies. So I believe in men so much. They are my greatest allies because women are damn too emotional. And I may go to say it here that whatever I became politically was because of the support I get from the men folk. Because me, women are even so petty. 
The only thing is that over time, things are changing and it will yes. change. So if you want to run, you have to do a thorough mapping of your constituency. Identify who has been there, who are the key king makers, who are the voices, what does they, what do, you know what each one stands for, what are their values, and then you weigh it against your values. So who do you want to move with? Which party are you interested in? Is it because a party is ruling or a party is winning? Not necessarily. There are people who are in minority party and who are shining. You understand? So it depends on. So all those things. By the time you do a a a a, a, a sincere okay. assessment of the situation, then the next thing is okay. Haven't said this. Then let me reach out. Engagement. So your model of engagement is equally very important. And remember that in politics, I said the terms, the term are equal. So you want to reach out to everybody because mm. if the if the uneducated women, because when we talk of education, education is not necessarily um, all the degrees that together. No, there are women who are selling their real and smarter than a PhD woman. Absolutely. So you want to be able to map and see how you reach and engage everybody. And you find out that your engagement strategy for an end for somebody who is lettered is different from your engagement strategy for the yellowja who is in the market. So you want to be able to devise and after your mapping, determine your engagement strategy, your model of engagement. So where after doing that, you come out with your message. What is your message? Your message should be as short as possible, but which people can easily imbibe and run with. So once you once you bring out your messaging, then that message is even what will open doors for you, because your message will have started going around, and then the the, the gate watchers or gatekeepers in your constituency, ah, that lady is becoming popular. And remember, because everybody wants to win election, based on your courage, your confidence, and all other things which we have initially talked about, naturally you will you understand. Then the issue of funding, funding is a major block. But that is where you have to do your own homework. You reach out to your family, you reach out to your friends, you reach out to people, you understand? But what I always tell people, I don't believe people should grind their families or grind their business to a halt because they want to run for politics. Because politics is a risky venture. I remember mm -hmm. Senator Mishori once told me something. He said, do I know the meaning of no shaking? I said, no. He said, no shaking. You know the meaning of no shaking? Let me tell you today. The meaning of no shaking is that you yourself can carry a million naira, put mm. it on the floor and set fire on it. Mm. So that if, if when the money is gone, mm. you are not shaking. Mm. Because that is what politics is all about. We paid 3.5 million naira to collect funds. So we are not even allowed to see the <laughs> to, to run for election. Some people mm. paid 0.5 million naira to collect funds for governorship election. And they and they, and they and they canceled their something to say they are not qualified. When people were collecting the money, didn't they know they are? So it's just no shaking. So you must evaluate and assess everything very well. You understand before you go into it. So it's not just oh I know somebody I want to run no because the person you think you know know several other people. So you mm. must do your calculation very very well. You understand, and that is where reasonability comes up. A reasonable person in politics because everybody we always tell you I will win this election hands down. But be reasonable and honest with yourself to know if you can win or say or size up your opponents, people who are coming up. Can you beat them? If not, understand, work for the party and wait for another strategic time. Mm. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Honorable. So we should definitely assess, we should do our mapping, our engagement strategy, and most importantly, a funding strategy. Thank you so much. I like how practical that is. And of course, we are going away today with the real meaning of no shaking. Um, so Honorable, what about the women who eventually overcome these barriers and are in whether it's the State House of Assembly, then the House of Representatives in the Senate, what are some of the strategies that they can employ, especially because the numbers are not much. So when I hear you talk, I, I, you know, I'm visualizing how you and, you know, the other honorables, it seems like you had your own little carcass, you know, and you would move as a force. I can only imagine. So what can these women who are elected and who are in there, what are some of the things that they can do, right? Because it's one thing to make it in there, but it's one another thing to be in there and to use that platform, like you said, for service to the people. You see, the National Assembly, especially because of the moral burden, which the electorates, uh, electorates have placed upon them, makes it a very challenging place to be. You want to satisfy your constituents because your constituents are not bothered by the number of bills you sponsored or you sent to. What they are interested in is what came to them, how much benefits. they benefit them, what benefits did they get. So we have upturned the responsibility of a legislator because those are not responsibilities of a legislator. The, legis the responsibility of a legislator is also to ensure you understand the passage of good bills. Yes. You understand the but. You can see that we have given them roles that are not their own. So most legislators are under pension, you understand? And then you can imagine what the woman goes through. Because even within the National Assembly, because they are the minority, they hardly get what they intend through most of the time. And so that is why the issue of carcass is very strong. That is why the issue of carcass is very important. Because if they come as a formidable team, you understand? You know, women generally, if you come as a committee, formidable team and you know how to play your card, can you imagine all the women in National Assembly coming together and now going to Mr. Speaker's office to talk on behalf of one of them? Hmm. That's, that's major kudos. So, hmm. car courses are very important. And that was what led some of us to think of what we call the female parliamentary car course today. The female parliamentary caucus we run, you understand, is for both leg uh, serving legislators and, leg and former legislators. You know, the, the reason is because of the number, the sheer number. And we looked at the American model, you understand? Because when you all come together, those of us who are outside, based on our experience, can, can overview, you understand, what is happening in National Assembly and send in advices and tell them, well, why don't you add this? Why don't you add that? Because we need them because they are, we, no, no matter how experienced, no matter what position you occupied even before, as long as you are a former legislator, you can't go into the chambers and pass any law. But we yes. cannot be at their support, their support system. You know, where if anything is happening, you can gather statistics, you can gather information. So you are doing technical, you are doing all other forms of things for them and supporting them. And so if we see ourselves together as one, you understand, it goes along, it goes a long way in bringing accomplishment. And why the female legislative caucus, that is your former members who have served are the best ones is that because it's a path they've gone through before. And people say experience is the best teacher. Mm. No matter how knowledgeable, no matter how cerebral you are, no matter how theoretical you are, you've not gone through parliament. 
So you cannot know the details. You cannot know the corners. You cannot know where the banana peel is. You understand? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Where, the, where, where the things are hidden, you might not know. But for somebody who has gone through before, they know. So if we work together, and then in working together, we work together and now extend it. And then that, that parliamentary caucus will start engaging other civil society organizations, like your own organization. And you know, I told you, I said that it would be nice to partner with your group because of the great things you are doing. Because now, if we have issues, you understand, you are even, because you are the younger generation again, out of this set of people we are talking about. We can send some of these yes. issues, like, please broadcast these issues for us. You understand, mobilize, you want to get a million women, you understand, to start mm. talking on social media at the same time. And so before yes. you need to get, those are the only ways to get things through. And you can see the impact of what I'm telling you because I have the opportunity of at this crisscrossing both areas and seeing what happens. You could see what the Me Too movement did in America. Me Too movement it was just an idea, an idea from the Emily group. You understand? And mm. before you need Emily to, you understand? You can see what it did, you understand, to America. You understand? You can see what it did to America. So to the world, you know, it's a very, very important. It's a very, very important uh, system. Great. So we have exactly uh, seven minutes to go. I don't see any questions. Are you people leaving me alone? Oh, one just came in. One just came in. So I'm going to just just jump and ask. Honorable um, Bemisola Osadwa says, speaking of politics in Ondo State, so she's being very specific, in your experience, what will be your advice for a young woman looking to run for office of governor in Ondo State, knowing the state hasn't had a female governor and the decline in women seeking the office as evidence in the recent election? Well, Ondo oh, State is my state, so I'm 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 happy that she asked that question, and I'm sure maybe she's equally pulling my legs, because since I've gone to House of Representatives, no woman has, no woman had gone before me, and no woman had gone after me, not to talk of Senate or House of Reps. So that's how bad oh, wow. it was. So oh, she has a lot of work to do, and I know that the woman that attempted to come out, even being the daughter of a former governor whose father has a lot of integrity and reputation reputation to ride on you understand did not go far so well on those states i always say has a peculiar i don't know maybe i'll say it's a, a traditional state or extremely male dominated or whatever whatever you know but uh, i would just advise her to equally follow the principles i've said because those are the principles i know I know it's challenging, I know it's tough, I know it's frustrating, you understand? But we just keep knocking, we keep on, you know, just like Babade Boye used to say, I believe in him, he said, you keep on knocking, you keep on hitting, you understand? See, well, something we give away one day. So I encourage her to start from somewhere. You know, she shouldn't, uh, but the only thing I always advise people is that if you know your capacity, your capacity, when I say your capacity, if you have not, if you if you are if you know you are not even quali- you, you are not yet experienced enough to run for senior, for reps, and you now start start talking of governor, people will not take you serious. I believe in gradual uh, ascendancy, and uh, I will uh, I will equate it to somebody who I read a book sometimes said when you want to climb a staircase, if you run through the staircase you have the possibility of slipping and falling and breaking your ankle and never be able to climb to the top. And then if you climb to the top, you have the, you have the possibility of panting and mm. collapsing and never recovering. 
and then so you didn't there's not no benefit came to you from climbing so i believe in gradual ascendancy to anything in life because especially if you are young if god spares your life I, because I, if you look at some people today i don't have to mention him very young people who had opportunity and by 40 they've seen it all what do you do with the rest of your life If you're not careful you become a miscreant because you start doing things you shouldn't do and that is what will now kill you so but if you take your life gradually because at the end of it all everything is six feet and we are like exiting we exit at the end of it all so life is always more interesting when you take it gradually and you just move forward your gradually to the top so i will advise my sister gunisola to just start gradually gradually and move to the top Thank you very much honorable. I'm sure that Bimisola um in addition to the things that you said earlier um will take your advice. So 2023 is ahead of us. Honorable, what are your three recommendations? How do we get more women elected in 2023? We have started something good and I'm sure by God's grace it will work. 2023 we bring in a different storyline. I tell you that what I saw from Ensas encouraged me. People t- people say Ensas, I said Ensas was a success because we all knew what happened. You understand at the end of it all. You could see that women came out and took charge. The timidity of the younger generation were broken. That ceiling of timidity was broken by the younger generation. They took charge and they were doing very well. You understand so to me i think that is very very important so if we can sustain that and then we start town hall meetings start networking with various groups women for women is doing one thing uh, uh fixed politics you understand women are in the forefront of it they are doing something nc front they are doing something net women enlist in all these groups and then let us not start looking at oh i want to be head i want to be this i want to be that because the only thing i want women ahead of is that because all you know all my courses are, uh, are courses where it is male dominated and i always hear the joke of the men when men want to scatter women you know what they do they start dating some of them and women are very emotional the moment you start entering relationship with these guys it's natural that's the way god created us go and look at when god was speaking to women after the adam and eve temptation he said your emotions eh, will be subject to that of the man and so if that is it the moment you are dating a man it weakens everything you want to do so mm. the men will leave us now to be doing whatever we want to do when we get to the peak of it you just see that they start harvesting and start cropping us you know and start dating and before you know it everything with them becomes collapses so i want to just say let us strengthen ourselves look at identify our money bags to we have women that are extremely rich for alakija and all of them we reach out to them this is the time for them to show interest in politics you understand just like opera winfrey here made made quite a number of women governors and things like that those are things we should be looking at to do those are things we should be you understand by the time we get committed to that level i know for sure that this next election the 2023 we will have at least a minimum of one government by god's grace i'm not even saying amen i know we will have and i know that we will have quite a number of female senators because the question of working hard and we will get there by god's grace amen 
Honorable, before I let you go, what do you think about the role of gender quotas um, to actually make this possible? Are you for or against it? I'm, I'm, I'm for gender quotas, especially in a, in a country like us, patriarchy, you understand? I'm for yes. gender quotas because you find out that most countries of the world, especially if you look at our index, you understand, on the yes. uh, it's, it's a shame yes. where we are. Yes. That adopting gender quotas to me, I think, will be a very good thing. Where parties are looking at it and reserving a certain percentage, you understand, for women. Parties should start adopting that. The parliament will equally look at that. On the 30th of uh, this month, yeah, I think I'll be in parliament and the IPU came talking about this too. You understand? So I think that is a very, very important angle to look at it. If and because you see, we get it wrong when we talk about uh, gender uh, inclusion, gender development, gender this, gender. We only saying build up your society. What is gender? Build up a woman, you build up a nation. You understand? Mm. And I'll mm. keep. I'll just quickly give my audience an example. In those days when we are growing up, we have what we call Obanje children. Where are the Obanje children now? Where are they? They disappeared because the women became educated. The women, know, they understand better how to take care of their children. The same thing, when you give women opportunity, space, and look at COVID. I said COVID has its bad side and has its good side. COVID simply came to reset the world. That's just the way I see it. As bad as it might look, it simply came to reset the world. Reset the world in the sense that those things you have taken ought to be too important. Because yes. during COVID, we find the mighty men the breadwinner couldn't go out to work. Their workplaces were closed. But all you just have to look, look through the streets. The women became innovative. Some were baking things in the house we are selling. Some were doing this to put food on the table. The women, the, the local economists, you know, people selling akara, selling things they are doing. They were the one feeding the husband who is a who is a, a, a laborer somewhere, who is working somewhere, because there was no job. So can you now imagine if you build up these people and give them opportunity to actually participate mm. in the government? You understand? If you actually give them room in whatever sphere, in mining, in energy, in anything, you understand? Get to Senegal. There, the women are so involved in the electrical, in renewable energy. You understand? The same thing in Bangladesh. You understand? So I believe that we have gotten to the time. And so when you say gender, these men, don't they have daughters? And you know, the, 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 why, why do we have baby mamas? I laugh now when people say baby mamas. It's because of irresponsibility. There are no role models out there. So baby mamas suddenly became something to be proud of. And who are the people so much involved in it? The children of the rich. Because there are no way to, there's there, nothing to occupy their mind, nothing to do. You understand? But if you have built role models out of the system, people they are looking up to, people they know can become this, can become that, I tell you, they'll be more serious. You understand? But before you look at it now, that the baby mama language, in fact, it took me time to understand the concept of baby mama. You understand? Because not that the men are not there, and not that the women are not there, because take statistics and go and look at Burudu statistics. 49.5% to almost 51 point something is almost yes. a ratio of one to one. That's our statistics. Yes. So yes. what's happening? So we'll be deceiving ourselves if we think one population is a one is more than the other. No, it's the structural imbalance that we need to adjust. And when we do these yes. things, we find out that everybody, why should it be why should it be 30 before you marry? Why should it be something before you marry? But you find out that the delay in marriage is because, because of all these structural structural imbalances fueled by oppression and uh, oppression and uh, what do you call it? And repression. Okay. Yes. By the time 
do this oppression of the woman, oppression of the man. You understand? Because gender, when we talk of gender, people always think you are thinking of my woman alone. No, you are thinking of both sexes. Yes. Both sexes. You understand? It depends on where the equilibrium is tilting at every point in time. That's why it's also. In some few years time, like we're not careful, we'll be talking about men education and how do we encourage men to go to school because most men are falling out of school, going into the music industry, going into uh, into business and things like that. The girls are even the ones going to school now. So these are all the things we have to look at and balance. Thank you so much, Honorable. On behalf of Electa, we want to thank you for being our very first guest on When She Leads. And thank you to everyone who has joined us this afternoon or morning or evening or whenever you watch this. We are extremely grateful and we look forward to staying in touch, working with you, supporting you and collaborating with you, Honorable. Thank you very much again. Thank you, my darling sister. God bless you. And I wish you luck. And I want Amen. to see you boost in the next election that at least you brought up a minimum of five women let me know let's not a minimum of five came through you you know to national yes. and god help you thank, thank you. you very much thank you very much man all right thanks everyone take care bye bye